0: Thanks for tuning into Game Time with Zach and John Mir. My name is Zach Wright, host by John Mir Wilson. Today, the name of the game is Cavs Make a Splash. We're going to discuss the recent dominant Mitchell trade that happened last week. I guess it'd be last Thursday at the time of this recording. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about the dominant Mitchell trade that happened last week, and this trade sent Lori Markin in, Ochea Colin Sexton, and five. Uh, draft picks, including two pick swaps to Utah for Donovan Mitchell, who now joins a Cleveland Cavaliers team with Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Duran Allen, Caris Levert, Seti Osman, Chetty Osman, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, we're going to talk about the trade, break down the details, talk about some, some winners, losers, et cetera, uh, what it looks like for the Cavs in the future and the next season, and talk about the Knicks, because they were supposed to get Donovan Mitchell for like three years now, and turns out that's not what happens. So, Mir, what are some of your uh, first thoughts on this trade? Well, some of my first thoughts were initially
1: the Knicks failed again. Wow, what a new what a move by the Cavaliers. How does this impact the East? Potentially, how long? Will can and will this core that is now brewing in Cleveland stay together? Those were my initial questions and thoughts right away. Uh, I, like immediately the New York just to see the New York Knicks fail again. It's it's hilarious, honestly. They they have made a habit of their city wanting one player and them getting the quote unquote next best thing.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh god. They just they just don't like and it's funny because in because in our last NBA episode I talked about how I felt the New York Knicks were the loser of the offseason. I I I felt I felt that. And this trade Honestly, just echoes that point if I'm being completely honest. Because again, you're knocking on the door of a potential blockbuster trade for a really good basketball player. And I mean, Donovan Mitchell, I don't think would have ultimately done too much for you. Like I said, like I said it in the previous episode especially with the fact that Kevin Durant is now staying, which is a, another huge thing, and a blockbuster move in itself to retain someone of that stature and that caliber. Um, it, um, it just echoes the point that the New York Knicks continue to fail. And the Cavaliers have just throttled themselves into new ground and new territory where my thought is how much closer do they get to the upper echelon being the Milwaukee Bucks the Boston Celtics the Philadelphia 76ers uh the the Miami Heat even still in some capacity and the i guess the Brooklyn Nets on paper how much closer do they throttle themselves to i guess that five because The Brooklyn Nets, I suspect that they should be a minimum a top five team, if not top three, top one, because on paper, this roster is loaded. Like the Brooklyn Nets are loaded, so and 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 I don't think that you know with the Heat culture, although losing you know PJ Tucker, that hurt them, and the the Sixers are going to be where they're going to be. Like the Heat, although losing the players that they lost, I think they should still be a top five team just based on culture. And the Milwaukee Bucks, it took them six games. Like actually, no. It took the Celtics, what, seven games to send them home? And they didn't have Chris Middleton. So I think that I think that all of these teams are going to be right back in the mix. But I just wonder. I just want to see where that actually puts Cleveland. And obviously we can, we can really delve more into that conversation later. And uh, I'm sure we will when we preview the season. So yeah, those, those are just some of my additional thoughts.
0: I want to kind of delve a little bit more into something you had mentioned, like, like you said, last episode, the Knicks getting Domin Mitchell wouldn't have made them much better. So me personally, I think the Knicks kind of made, in a way, I think the Knicks made the right choice not pulling the trigger because what the Knicks, the the Cavs were able to do what the Knicks could not do, which is get Don Mitchell and actually improve the team versus the Knicks would have to kind of gut themselves. And they have like four draft, four first-round picks in the next draft, which I think is kind of excessive. and I think they could have used that to get Mitchell, but... It also depends on what the Jazz wanted from their roster. You know, there's a whole bunch of different reports saying they wanted R.J. Barrett and this guy and that guy. But if I'm the Knicks not to trade R.J. Barrett, excuse me, that's trade R.J. Barrett to get Don Mitchell. Then it's like, you know, what's what's the point? Because we're just not going to be in the same place we were anyway without R.J. Barrett and these draft picks. And it's one of those things where it's like, sure, Don Mitchell will be better than, better than everybody on the team, blah, blah, blah. But the point of trades, which we, we you talk about this all the time in this podcast, the point of making a trade is to improve your team. And I just don't know, like you were saying, you don't know if Don, Don Mitchell makes the Knicks that much better. And um, I agree with you, but I just want to ask, uh, kind of ask you what makes this the right move for the Cavs versus the wrong move for the Knicks. What do you think?
1: This makes this the right move for the the Cavs because, uh, first of all, you were going to trade Colin Sexton anyway. You've already kind of built the team that you want to build in terms of a young core. So those draft picks are almost null and void, essentially. You got a bunch of really young guns. Like Darius Garland is is in his early 20s. Uh, You got Evan Mobley, Jared Allen all in their young 20s, all early 20s. Donovan Mitchell might be he might be coming in as the oldest player. And he's like what, 24, 25? So yeah, he's- yeah, so yeah, with him being 25, it's like you already have the young core that you're looking for. So you don't really necessarily need those draft picks. Like you don't need to hold on to those draft picks per se. And what you did need was an instant bucket. You needed somebody else who could get you offense, get you 20 again. Because, like, Karis LeVert was good. Kevin Love, good. Lowry marketing, good role players. But Donovan Mitchell is one of those dudes. He's one of those rare dudes in this league. And I put him and Jimmy Butler in a similar category where they're both low 20 scorers in the regular season. But they're liable to go for 40 at any given moment in the playoffs. They're just built for it. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is that they don't score high 20s. They might just be saving themselves. It might be, it, it might also be a part of the systems that they were a part of. But when it's playoff time, they show up. Those Those two guys, I feel like, are in the same kind of category and, like, uh, Darius Garland is like a walking bucket, and he's also a very, very strong, like traditional point guard when it comes to running the pick and roll, and all that kind of stuff. He's great. Um, I got, I, 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 I was fortunate enough to see the the Brooklyn Nets and Cavaliers late last year, and watching him, watching Darius Garland ball, it, it was wow. Like you know, somebody is dope, and somebody is good when. Like Kevin Durant and LeBron were talking about like a trade. Like someone asked, could they trade for Darius Garland? I don't remember who it was, but one of them was like, "Yo, is there any way I could get Darius Garland?" And And the other person was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not letting him go." When when I saw that, I'm like, "Oh yeah, this dude, this brother might be different." And then when I seen him in person, oh yeah, he's he's a problem. Like. He shoots the ball so naturally, and then he runs an offense so well. But the thing is, it's like it can't just be him in the backcourt. And Karis Lavert is good, but, you know, I think he's good for maybe like one 30-point game in an offseason, in a, in a, in a postseason, and he got to be really wilding for that. But I feel like Donovan Mitchell is the kind of dude where he's going to get you a consistent 20, 24, at, you know, at best, and then in the playoffs, that 23-24 is going to go to, like, 28-29 on a given night, and he's a problem. So, and also, you have one of the best front courts in the NBA, bar none. Like, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, when healthy, are one of the best front courts in the league, especially on the defensive end of the basket, like the floor, no question. They might be the best defensive front court in the NBA. Um, and now you have one of the more explosive offensive backcourts in basketball. So all around it helps you. You're in a really tough conference in the Eastern Conference that, as I said, again, you those five teams that we're going to be looking at, the – The Atlanta Hawks are nothing to sneeze at with their acquisition of uh, DeJounte Murray. And they're they're the team that sent you home. And they got DeJounte Murray. So you needed needed to do something. You definitely needed to do something to put yourself in that class. And now I think that you've really pushed yourself much closer to being able to keep up with that group. So that is why I think it's a good move. And I, I agree with what you... You're saying with the Knicks, but I don't think that giving up all those, like, like I think the picks, okay, but the roster pieces outside of RJ Barrett, I would have let go. Like, RJ Barrett is the only dude I'm not letting go of. But yeah, so, you know, at the end of the day, the Knicks just missed out again.
0: It is what it is. Yes, the poor, poor Knicks. <laughs> Just forever on the struggle bus. They had the one magical Randall year, and then they had last year. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe they'll get together and be a playing team, or they'll just go back to lottery and trade away their their lottery pick again. (laughs) But Um, we're, yeah, like like you were saying, the Cavs now have four all star caliber players. Evan Mobley wasn't an all star last year, but there are many people who, Felt like he could have been and should have been, and some would argue he was more effective than Jared Allen, who did get the All Star nod. So that team is just going to be very interesting, especially if Mobley can uh, improve his three point shot to uh, you know get a a more efficient clip. If he can improve his ability to, to handle the ball a little bit more, you already know he can rotate and guard guard on the perimeter for a stretch of time. So one thing I would like to see is if Donovan Mitchell finally buys in on defense because that is that's the biggest thing with him. Like you're saying. In the playoff series, he can get you 28, 29 a game, but he's also giving up 28, 29 a game to uh, anyone who can dribble and shoot. So it's just, if he can buy in on defense, that will definitely, definitely raise the Cavs' ceiling to a much higher place than a lot of us probably think they are. Before we move on and talk about where the Jazz are at, why don't we, or excuse me, where the Cavs are at, why don't we talk about the Jazz, what they're doing, One thing I can say, they definitely are trying to get Victor Wembanyama next year. (laughs) That is hundred percent a fact. They're not doing any. They're not trading for anyone of substance until they can, until they can see what happens after the season and who they get in the draft. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Getting Victor is a a a theme here. It
1: looks like from a lot of teams, because a lot of teams, I feel like there's there's a lot of teams out there that should go for him, because what is he? What a six-seven dude, six-seven French dude, or like seven-six, seven, seven-six? I'm tripping. My bad. Yeah, <laughs> seven-six. Yeah, my fault. That's that's a yeah. Who could dribble, shoot, defend? He's like, he's like what Christophs Porzingis was on his way to be. <laughs> but he might actually right. be it. Um, he might be like he's like a better Chet Holmgren. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. Chet Holmgren with with handles. He's like Chet Holmgren with real handles, and he's bigger. So, so yes, uh, getting Victor, that's cool. The Jazz have an abundance, and I mean absolute abundance. Like, if I were a GM looking for a position, I would either want to be On a team like the Sixers or something like that, like a championship contender, or I would want to be exactly where Danny Ainge is sitting right now because he has a plethora of pieces to rebuild that roster. We and we, and trust me, we've seen him do it with Boston. Mm -hmm. Uh, he had some missteps like in the middle, but overall. Danny Ainge is the reason why, like, his drafting and initial trading is the reason why the Boston Celtics are where they are right now, because he's the one, he's the man responsible for getting Jason Tatum in there, and, like, transitioning from, uh, transitioning from a dynasty, like, it's it's one of the hardest things to do in sports, and it's understated, like, transitioning from a dynasty to being good, like, only so few can do it, and it, it it takes culture, it takes a good, a really strong front office, and you know it just takes a uh, commitment on everybody involved. Like Miami, I applaud them for doing it because being able to transition from LeBron and then being able to snag Jimmy Butler, getting back to a finals within a decent amount of time, you know, just it like transitioning from a dynasty is hard, and like so. We've seen Danny Ainge move from the big three Celtics who went to the finals twice, won once, competed against the Miami Heat in other years with LeBron and lost and whatnot, then rebuilt the whole franchise around Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and now they all they also feature Marcus Smart and Robert Williams and whatnot. So just being able to do that. So with the pieces they have, it's insane like we were t- I actually we, we were just talking about it the other day let me have a look here actually at what they have in total they have their own first round pick they've got a pick from either the the Sixers or the Nets they've got Minnesota's pick and like those are three picks in this upcoming draft. They've got their own pick in the 24, 24 draft. They've got three first-round picks in the 25 draft, three in the 26 draft, like including swaps, three in the 2027 draft, two in the 28 draft, and tw- three in the 2029 draft. So they're loaded right now. And I wouldn't be surprised if the L.A. Lakers – make a play on one or two of the veterans that they have have at their disposal right now. So they are loaded right now. Like, absolutely loaded. And also, just like, like, looking at the tradable pieces that they have, like, this roster is pretty much full of pieces that would fit in perfectly as role players on different rosters. Like Jordan Clarkson, that's six-man material pretty much anywhere. Mike Conley, he could be a role player or a starting point guard in multiple situations. Malik Beasley, you got Bohan Bogdanovich, who at, at the wing position could get you about 16 to 18 points a game. Like you have so much that you can still do. I'm if I'm the if I'm Utah, I definitely try to get rid of Bohan, Jordan, Jordan Clarkson, and Mike Conley. Try to clear those three out. And I want to talk about something actually very briefly, very, very briefly, in regard to the Utah Jazz. So last night, actually. Uh I, I saw something on Twitter. You talked about how the Lakers 2027 and 2029. You saw something on Twitter uh where it said that the 2027 and 2029 pick are maybe the most highly valued things out there or some that of that Lakers
0: propaganda.
1: I don't think it's so much propaganda now. I had to think about it for a minute. I'm like, wait a minute. Hmm, let me think here. I think the reason why people value those picks so much is because we all it's it is almost a certainty that like that that that's gonna be in seven years. LeBron is what 38 now? There's no way LeBron's playing seven more years. There's no way. There's no way LeBron and I mean we I'm, I'm not gonna say no way because Tom
0: Brady is like 40, he's like 44, 45. I'll raise a quarterback playing, though. <laughs> They'll really always have people running up, blocking them from taking any physical toll. But at the same time, you still, there are still several moments
1: in a football game where you're getting hit by 300 plus pound men moving at, tw- you know, 15 to 20 miles an hour. Right. On a regular basis, you are getting destroyed. Like you're, even if you have great protection, you're still going to get hit once or twice by a by 300 plus pound man. Or a two hundred fifty pound man shooting at you for at least ten miles an hour at a minimum, so that's still tough to do. Right, it is tough. Don't be wrong. Yeah, it's just a lot different. It is a lot different, and I mean, we've already seen LeBron, you know, kind of in his own way, load manage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, but at the same time, still, even with that being said. Like, I don't see, I don't like, I just don't see LeBron playing that much longer into 2029 because mm-hmm. that's seven years. And then you've got Anthony Davis who is, he's, he's made of glass if I'm being complained. He's going to be old at that point. Yeah. Talk about, talk
0: about that a little bit. <laughs> Isn't he going to be like 35 in seven years? Yeah, Davis can barely stay on the court now. By time 35, he might not be able to be able to stay on the court for more than 45 games because he just can't stay on the court now. No. Nah. So I get I get the idea that those picks could be that valuable. But in addition to that, seven years is a long time from now. The Lakers always find a way to be decent. Somehow, somehow, some way. The like they're the Lakers, so like they got the ability to just get LeBron. To show up, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like there's always a guy who just goes to the Lakers just because they're the Lakers. So That's I don't cool know. Point. I don't know if i trade my trade the farm for those two picks. I don't think you have to trade the
1: farm, but again, like the Lakers, you gotta think about it. The Lakers are desperate. Mm-hmm. I'm just jumping on the Lakers for a minute. The Lakers are highly desperate. I mean, picking up Pete uh, um Pat Bev. I, I thought it was a really good move. I I like them picking up Pat Bev. I think you can lock him in at the two guard and um, play LeBron at the one, play Juan Toscano at the three, play eighty at the four, and maybe Tom Thomas Bryant at the five. That's an odd-ass lineup, if I'm being completely honest. Like, very <laughs> odd-ass lineup. But that lineup, to me, <laughs> on Darvin Hand makes the most sense.
0: Oh god! That's dude. a super shitty line. Walker up. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who might who might hit a three. That shit is
1: bad. Yeah, that that lineup is putrid. They, <laughs> <laughs> that
0: ragtag ass group. <laughs> <laughs> oh 40, my god!
1: That, that 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 thirty-eight and forty-four ass
0: starting lineup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that joint is ragtag as hell. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, that
1: should that that came. Yeah, I just. Oh man, just saying that, saying those five names.
0: That team, Sean LeBron, took a bet. <laughs> like, I can think the randomest team to the playoffs. <laughs>
1: Dude, that team is definitely playing material, and it's crazy because it's LeBron, like LeBron, freaking James and Anthony Davis, and we're laughing at them. This is wild. Anthony Davis. Oh my street, street clothes. <laughs>
0: So real quick, I want to talk about the Jazz real quick before right, we right, uh, move right, on right. from them. Just right. really fast. One thing I do like about what they're doing is they're getting a lot of interesting young players. Like Walker Kessler can he can be Gobert in the per in a perfect world, given his skill set, he can just become another Gobert. Uh, Colin Sexton averaged twenty five a game not too long ago. There were "quote unquote" empty calorie buckets, but he had an empty calorie ass team, so oh, there is yeah. that, of course. Um, regardless, he can still score. Abaji can be a great three and D player, a solid three and D player. Every team needs those. Lori Markadin is—they're uh, probably gonna trade him at some point. But the three players I mentioned, they those guys can be something. And Taylor, Taylor Horton Tucker they were acting like he's the the next best thing for whatever reason more lakers propaganda i don't know what but the hell it is regardless there is talent in that frame yeah <laughs> that boy is uh he's he's a uh, wants scott anderson on on a good day <laughs> but oh yeah, there there is there is talent in there so i like what they did with those with those moves I like Jared Vanderbilt more than anybody. Oh, um, Jared. See, I forgot about Vanderbilt. How could I forget him? He's a yeah, he great-ass defender. Football.
1: Right. Yeah, that's the only one I really like out of all of them, to be honest. You don't like Sexton? I like Sexton. I mean, let me not say that. I like Sexton. Taylon Horton Tucker has versatility. Yes. Um, He's versatile, but, like, he can't shoot to save his life. Yeah. He's one of those dudes who needs to shoot, needs to know how to shoot. He's like a big facilitator kind of guy. He's like a, he's like, you had, (laughs) you might laugh a little bit. Okay. You have the mighty LeBron, right?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You have the great (laughs) Iguadala.
0: Are you saying he's a poor man's poor man's LeBron? <laughs>
1: he's a poor man's Iguodala.
0: Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I I see it. I see it. He's like really it.
1: He's like <laughs> the second half of Iguodala's career. He's like that kind of Iguodala. He's not even a great defender. Though. That's the crazy part. But, like, offensively, he's like Iguodala. He reminds me of Iguodala so much.
0: He, he reminds I, you of the idea, the archetype of Iguodala. Yes. Minus he's, the defense and the the good stuff. The
1: athleticism. <laughs> the, the athleticism and the defense. Exactly. He's literally Iguodala without – like, he's Iguodala without the, the, the athleticism and defense, so.
0: That's what Taylor Horton
1: Tucker is to me, like, offensively. Because, like, I think he could be a big, like, facilitator and, like, you could run offense through him like like a
0: Bruce Brown kind of player. Right. That's a good good idea. Like, a a Bruce Brown uh, before he starts snapping threes. Right. And without the defense, again.
1: Right. Yeah, we got to scale back on the defense a little bit. But, (laughs) Yes. That's what Taylor Horton Tucker is. And to me, I feel like the last few years before they finally got rid of him for Pat Bev, which they should have, they could have gotten Kyle Lowry for Taylor Horton Tucker, uh, which is crazy. But Taylor Horton Tucker, because Taylor Horton Tucker, again, to me, is not that good, obviously. Like, he can be solid, I guess, with the right role. But I think that in Utah, it'll be, he can actually work on his game and play. like, I feel like Colin Sexton and Taylor Horton Tucker could actually work together
0: in a mm. lineup
1: um, as the two guards or me. Cause like as Colin Sexton is more of an attacking guard and having Taylor Horton Tucker as more of a facilitator and more of a initiator of offense. Um, Jared Vanderbilt can defend Walker Kessler, as you said, can be, Could potentially be the perfect replacement for Rudy Gobert, hopefully, in a perfect world for the Utah Jazz. So, yeah, a lot of things are going to have to go right. A lot of things are going to have to break even for some of these players, but they do have some really valuable, attractive assets Mike Conley, Bohan Bogdanovich, Lowry Markinen, Jordan Clarkson. Those four guys. Are eye candy for any team looking for role
0: players, All right? Okay, real quick, before you get out of here. So, we know where the Jazz stand absolute bomb of the West. Yes, where do The Cavs stand are they better than Boston? No, better than Philly? Hell no, plus is good. Better than Milwaukee? No, <laughs> no, 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 better than no. Miami.
1: Mm, I'm going to say no for now. I'm going to say no for now. Brooklyn? No. On paper. On paper, (laughs) even. No. 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 Here's
0: where we get to to the interesting point, because now this is five teams you mentioned. So are they better than Toronto? Yes. Chicago? Yes. Okay. I like it. Atlanta? Yes. Yes. Washington, yes. New York, yes. yes I yes. think at that point we would stop. Yes. All right. Exactly. So they're not a play in team, is what you're saying. They are I don't know. No, 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 no. They're they very are, unlikely to be a play-in team.
1: They are very unlikely to be a play-in team. Yes. They should get to the playoffs on their own power. It shouldn't it shouldn't take yeah, it shouldn't take them
0: additional games. Nope. All right. Yeah, let's remember, before injuries, they were the third seed. Like, you you told, you told mentioned this to me in our our private conversation we are having, but before injuries, they were the third seed. Right. Shit, so they were the first seed for, like, two days, I think. Facts. I don't know. I don't got anything else to add. How about you? Me neither, honestly. Or you want to get us out of here?
1: No doubt. As usual, thank you for tuning in. My name is Jameer. I'm co-hosted by Zach. We always appreciate everybody's shares, follows, retweets, reposts, everything, feedback, anything else. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for the support. Always, you can check us out on Instagram at GameTime underscore podcast. Twitter at GameTime underscore ZNJ. Facebook uh, at GameTime with ZNJ to stay up to date on the content that we have and to listen to future episodes you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, anchor and any other platform where you can find podcasts we can't wait to talk more basketball on game time